0: All right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Black Pill Paul and I'm here with Black Pill Greg. And today we are going to talk about how you can avoid becoming a casualty of a poor corporate strategy. Sound interesting, Greg? How you doing?
1: It's I'm I'm doing well. <laughs> and yeah, it definitely sounds interesting because I think I think everybody encounters this and they have to somehow reason through it and make their decisions. And I think what you're going to do is give us some, some good background and guidance on these things that can help you avoid making a mistake or, Hey, maybe you're going to learn something and you're like, ah, I don't love it, but I'm cool. I'm there for the money, whatever it is. So good.
0: Yeah. Greg, we've, we've all been in this situation. I know lots of people who have been in this situation where they, are in sales. They're either working for an organization or they're about to join an organization that is spearheading a new endeavor. And this endeavor could be, hey, we're going we're gonna to launch this product in a different market. We're going to, we need more reps. So we need more bodies out there. And we just need to hire more people to handle this region and whatnot. And a lot of times greg and i think you can attest to this is sometimes the people who kind of put together these strategies really don't don't do their homework and in my personal opinion well first off there's nothing wrong with a company taking shots right we no. all take shots
1: yeah it's uh, it, on one hand you got to you got to commend companies for taking shots right Okay, hey, we're going to do we're going to do this new initiative. We want to open up a new revenue channel, revenue stream if you will. And you know, yeah, I mean that's what we're here for, right? We're solving people's problems as organizations and we want to take a shot. We see a problem we can solve it or maybe we see an opportunity and we want to capitalize. But either way, yeah, got to take a shot. You can't just sit around and be dormant.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so so what do they do? They they do their, their market research. Sometimes they hire some new management who then hires hires people. But I've been involved in this many times. I know you have been involved in this many times. A lot of times, the the decision to either enter a new market or to add a new salesperson to a team to cover a quote unquote region or a territory or whatnot. It's really not done with the, the detail that is necessary for the endeavor to be successful, right? And what ends up happening is if you're a salesperson and you take a position or you can say a, a kind of a pioneering role or whatnot, a lot of times you could bear the grunt a poor strategic decision. So an example of a poor strategic decision I can think of is let's just say a company decides to sell their solution into a different market, right? And they're like, okay, we need to hire a salesperson to handle the West region or the East region or, or whatnot. But and I've been a part of something like this. They, they didn't do their homework to realize that a competitor pretty much locked in the, the, this market via contracts, which will make it incredibly difficult to, to penetrate, right? Or-, or another example is, hey, the more common one, we need, to, we need more sales. We need to hire a new rep. And that kind of affects everyone else you follow what I'm saying? Have you ever been part of that?
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. In fact, I th- I think it's, it's extremely common, even the best laid plans, right? When people do appropriate research, market cap, all this stuff, what's available out there. Can we prove this before we really start piling money into the process by hiring a rep that's going to handle that? I uh, it's really, really, really common. And even when they do lay out those plans, there's going to be pitfalls. There's going to be oversights. There's going to be shortcuts. I promise.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is, which is common, but sometimes they could, they could be overwhelming. Another thing that I've, that I've experienced several times, and I know you have too, is they'll perhaps hire a, a manager that really doesn't have experience in the space but has management experience, maybe in a professional, dull babysitter, <laughs> making <laughs> sure that making sure that the the salespeople are executing the the corporate plans, which is really the old school you know, sales strategy. And this person, this man or this woman, just really can't offer any guidance as to product knowledge or strategy or anything that. Or anything really, or really, what it would take to to be successful in this new pioneering project?
1: Yeah, I think I think I think that's a a real issue, and I actually think sometimes that can turn out really, really good, though. Yeah, you know, if somebody's got the right skill sets, the right kind of curiosity, and everything, the overarching theme that I'm hearing, Paul, and you know, I know you're going to help us all with this is. How do we figure that out ahead of time? Because what often seems to happen is we get into these situations. We're gung ho. wow, I got the job. I got the opportunity. And now I'm in there. And it's like, wow, this isn't working. How do I prevent that? How do I prevent that misstep? Because I think that's really what today's show is all about.
0: Yeah, it, it is. And just just before I kind of get into that, how to prevent that, sometimes we're, we're, we're also working for an organization that is expanding, or they want to pioneer into a new role, and they may ask you to to take that role, or they may right. ask someone internally to to, to take that role. I, that has happened to me, where I was asked. So I I think in that particular case, it's it's it could be it's a little bit different, but or that can be handled differently. Right, they could be handled differently. You you can you can actually find out more already being there how much work and you may they they put into this or how much thought process just by talking to people internally and and and, and whatnot. But if you are applying for, my father would call them like a pioneering role. Because my father, the handhunter, these are like a pioneer, because like a role where you, there's really no baseline. You just have to start from scratch, and it could be very lucrative.
1: Yeah. But yeah. You, like, uh... Well, I was just thinking about what you're talking about there, like that that pioneer, that trailblazer. Yeah. Right. That that's incredibly exciting. It's an incredible oh, yeah. opportunity. I don't even care if it if it doesn't work out. Those kind of things are are really important. The question is, how much, what skills you can apply or what you can know going into it to set your out yourself up for success rather than, you know, getting in there three, four months down the line going, this wasn't even possible. I don't know why I bought in.
0: Yeah. It's about positioning. It's about, it's, it's about positioning yourself for success. So what I want to present to the audience that I, that I know that they can use is just a list of questions that you could ask your manager during the interview process to really make sure that they know what they got themselves into. You're gonna know what you're gonna get yourself into. And from that point on, it will help you make a decision to go for it or not. These have helped me. I'm telling you, I would say up about two years ago, these have helped me avoid a disastrous <laughs> disastrous role. A role that I know no, that I found out nobody was successful in, But, but anyway, Let's just kind of get get with the some of these questions. So
1: yeah, we're, far we're, away.
0: First thing you could you could ask your manager is why did you choose this role? This is assuming that this is a new manager that was that was hired there, or you can ask someone that's very tendered tenured there. You know, why did you choose this career and this industry? And I think that's going to give you a really good. Just some good background information as to who this person is and their experience in the particular space. Right. Because even if whether they're 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 that whether they're tenured or whether they've just been brought on board, the new endeavor they may not have much experience in, which could be a red flag.
1: Could be it could be a red flag, or depending on this particular manager, right? They might give you an answer they should have an answer for this every time and it should be relatively automatic, well thought out without thinking about it. Does that make sense? So yep. if, if I were the, the person hiring and I'm interviewing you and you ask me, why did you choose this career and this industry? There's a story behind that. You it's, it's really upon you to listen to that story and figure out if it's credible, if it makes sense, because that's where you're going to find these red flags. You know, if a manager said to me, "Well, I come from this background. I've been doing, you know, say for example, I've been in facilities management for 22 years, and this is a one-off that I've always been interested in, and I feel like I can transfer my skill set, work with this company, and drive that forward." That's a credible answer. Correct. Correct. But if they're hemming and hawing, or they're spewing out some something that's just too good to be true. Yeah, hey, you got got to, you got to pull a little, little note down. I'm going to think about that a little bit. I didn't love that answer. And I'm not telling people how to assess the answers to these questions, but I think that's a great question. Why did you choose this career and this industry?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Another one is what are some of your biggest worries or challenges these days? What what really keeps you up at night? I oh. love this. I love this one because I use this to uncover from a manager that this guy was absolutely a ball of stress. He was just getting an enormous amount of pressure and he was just getting pulled in a lot of different directions. And mark my words, Black Pill Greg, if he's getting pulled in a lot of different directions, he's gonna probably pull you in a lot of different directions.
1: Of course, he he or she, they, they have no choice. And I think what's really great about this question is it's challenging and inviting all at the same time. You know, if I'm, If I'm in the interview process, first, second, third interview, whatever it is, and I'm asking questions like this, number one, it's a very legitimate question. Number two, it shows that you're looking and evaluating the opportunity to figure out how you fit in, if you fit in, or if you want to fit in. Right. So for the, for the interviewer, you know, the person you're asking this question, they should recognize this as an actual, not just probing question, but you're actually trying to figure out if this next stone in your career or whatever you're about to step on is stable. They should, they should appreciate that. And it also can be a bit of a disarming question, right? Cause it's this, this question in particular, is the kind of question that develops rapport in my opinion
0: yes they will be impressed they will be impressed that you ask the question like that
1: i like i like the last part when you when you have these two questions stacked i think that really it causes a certain type of reaction because you're not just saying well what are some of your biggest worries or challenges these days you're following it up right away with what keeps you up at night that's a very important question and the answer is just as important Yep. Love that one. Great.
0: Another one. What do you feel has made you successful working here? Now, this is a great question to ask a manager who's been there, been at that company for a long time. You could also ask that in a different way to a new manager who's looking to hire you for the new endeavor. What what has made you successful in your role as a manager this is where you're also going to find out some good information about them and how how you're going to be treated
1: yes yes and and another way to ask that same question might even be if they're a new manager in this role what made you feel that you could be successful in this role as opposed to what has made you successful Great. Could make you successful. So how how do those things connect? How do those how do those dots really get connected? I love that question.
0: Absolutely. Another question. What prompted you to hire for this role? Now, this that you may know this beforehand, but you want to find out if maybe someone recently resigned, which could be a red flag. This, you could be the second shot at this new endeavor <laughs> or third shot, which could be a, which could be a red flag. Right. So I think that one is an interesting one. And that kind of leads into the next one. And if they do say that they had someone in the role previously, what was the individual like who previously held this position?
1: That. That's an interesting one because, boy, they could say just about anything, right? It'd be, it's pretty wide open. So I like that because it's a challenging probing question, but again, the answer is going to really be an incredible opportunity for you to assess the why, the what, the reasoning behind all this. That's part of that story.
0: Yep. I, in the past, I've heard managers, when I ask that question, say, "Well, the person just wasn't a closer, just couldn't couldn't close a deal," and it actually led to a red flag. On and this was they, they were selling they were kind of pioneering a, a new technology product to to hospitals, and they were pioneering it to to these to another. To another department, and it kind of opened up a lot of, uh, it opened up other trapdoors <laughs> to the opportunity that I found. So it, it was a it was a great question. Now the other question that I I like is what traits does the perfect candidate for this job position possess? Right.
1: Yeah. Then they're gonna they're gonna tell you. Well, did you read the job posting?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of
1: answer where you're like, yeah, it's time. Yeah, I, I, I did uh, have a nice day. I'm going to go look elsewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I like this. And I think this is an interesting question. This is an interesting overall interview question, but what I like about this is that this is where if, you, if there's a new manager that's come on board that really doesn't have experience in this particular space, if, if they kind of give characteristics of their the previous space and you do a little bit more research you can you can then determine if they're off the mark with or they they really know what they're doing
1: <laughs> now I'm i'm curious about that right so yeah. what if i just i just want to get your opinion on this yeah this is very black pill so When you ask what traits does the perfect candidate for this job position possess, what does the ideal candidate look like, you know, from as far as the traits and they were to tell you, well, I'm going to lean on all my past experience as I'm heading into this as a slightly new endeavor, but highly relational. So this is what I believe is going to be the ideal set of traits. But And then they roll through that and then they, they throw it right back at you and say, what are your thoughts on that? Does that look, feel, and sound like the right thing? And and I'm, I'm telling you why I'm saying this because I'm one who believes that you don't always have the answers, but you could have the right kind of intention. And you're still trying to figure out some of those answers is that a red flag or is that a little bit more inviting or is that a smoke screen when it comes to they really don't know what their what what the ideal traits would be i'm curious
0: i think it could be all of those and i'll give you an example let's just say greg your new manager had experienced just selling enterprise software and that's all he did for twenty years, and now he's taking over the role as your manager. And the software you're selling is is not enterprise; it's much more of a transactional. I think asking if he if he essentially gives you if you ask him this question, and he gives you the answer of that describes maybe a, a more of an enterprise customer salesperson relationship. That's right? Yeah. That could tell you, that could tell you a lot.
1: It definitely could. And and again, might be a red flag. Yeah. Might, might be, might be, might be something other than that. Just, yeah. it, it just really depends on, you know, how, for me, a lot of these questions are really about listening to the answers and understanding what's really there, right? Does the story make sense? Is it credible or is it just a bunch of, you know, mumbo jumbo to keep you interested. Yeah. Agreed. What's the, what's the, what's the next question on your list?
0: Next question is, what do you believe is the main reason someone could fail in this position?
1: Ooh, I love that one. That's, that's a, that's a really big question. And if I were the interviewer, I would think of it two ways. One, I want to know if this person, right? So you've asked me that question. If this person is a little too focused on failure or if they're trying to find out if I know exactly why they have the problem that they have. In other words, they need to fill this position. Why? Right. It goes back to one of the earlier questions. It's a really interesting question because it's powerful. It's got the word fail in it.
0: I, I would say, th- here's how I would take that question. The more specific the answer coming from the manager, the more confident, and and I verify it, the more confidence I have that this person knows what they're doing. The strategy the company put together is sound. They did their homework. If it's just something, if they say something very generic, oh, you know, you're waking up at 10 a.m. or <laughs> that type of stuff. So what,
1: Let's work on this question a little bit, just just put it into play. So. You're asking the question, why do you believe what do you what do you believe is the main reason someone could fail in this position, right? You're asking me, I'm the hiring manager, I'm the manager looking for somebody. And I say. The biggest the biggest challenge is if you have low user adoption. Just as a generalized answer. Does that tell you uh, that's just that's just too general of an answer or is that credible enough? I'm curious.
0: I think that's that's way too general. I think that's that's way too general. I mean, I think that's looking things from from the top down. I think most I think most answers in this would be more general, but I would be impressed. This is really a good this is, for me, a good question to, to see if, if they know. And it kind of leads into the second question, in, into the next question, which is what is a typical day, week, or month like for someone with this position? This is going to – this, to me, is going to see or show you if they know what they're going to get you into. Right. And this could mean because look, you don't know if the quota if 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 it's a new endeavor, you're going to need more of a runway, right? If if you're going if you're taking a, a pioneering sales role, or if you're or if you're, it's a new market. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna need more runway. You're gonna need more it's runway. Right? I mean, I, I mean as, how I mean has has marketing got a head start? Have they started marketing to the space? Have you been to trade shows yet or is it all just going to start with you
1: yeah that's important because it's going to tell you what kind of work you have to do right yeah so this is this is really another way to figure out what does the person in this role really do right i want listening for things like you know okay it sounds like they're doing a lot of hunting so i want to know what kind of enablement they have for the hunting do they know anything about the market i'm hunting within
0: do they know do they know how to hunt within the market
1: that's right do they even know how
0: do they do they know that the really the persona of the the people that we need to communicate with re- <laughs> The the they're very very difficult to access by traditional methods. Are they? Is most of the business done via trade shows? Is it just be video? I mean, do they know how to penetrate this this market? What's it going to look like? And my thing is, the more detail they can give you here, as long as you verify it, is and and if. It's correct. That's, that's the best you can do.
1: Right. Cause you're, you're looking for more detail because that's indicative of them really knowing what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm... you
1: got to verify it. You got to go back and do some of your own research after you've collected those answers and people out there, please take vigorous notes when you're going through this process and incorporating these questions or any other ones. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, there's different times at which you're going to ask these questions, right? It's going to be on the initial phone interview. Then you're going to have, say, a second follow-up. Maybe that's uh, a full-blown WebEx or something like that, yeah, or maybe even in person. But it's important to to really log this information so that you can kind of track it and go back and do your research on your own time.
0: Yeah. Next question. This is for all the, I think this is, relevant for people who sell software can you tell me a bit about the team i would be working with right i read in a book once that don't work for a company that can't implement a soft the software solution quickly and efficiently
1: so now when it comes to this question about the team that you would be working with you're really trying to get an assessment of the types you know what are what are the what are the different titles and for example they might tell you well you're going to be working directly with the marketing team you'll have heavy engagement with SDRs and we have a very large customer success team most of which has been with us for several years. So they really know the ins and outs and can support properly. The deals you onboard. Is that the kind of thing you're listening for?
0: That's exactly what I'm listening for sales engineer to finding out just information about, about the team. I I, I always look at this, what this question really jumps out. It, this for me is I, I just want to discover or find out if, the team i'm going to be working with is going to be strong from you know sales development sales engineering customer success implementation this question could lead into a lot of other things right Absolutely. But I, think it's, I, th- I definitely think it's important
1: definitely. would it for for you or for anyone out there of course they have to make their own decisions but let's say you're getting an answer to this question and they don't mention a sales engineer that's a good time to follow this question up with something like will i be running my own dis- uh demos based on my own discovery process
0: yeah yeah okay. absolutely absolutely yeah. That's-
1: That's a good one. So that way, you know what skills you need to have of your own to support yourself in a role that might be missing or they've decided to run without it. Plenty of companies run without a sales engineer, but I think when you get to the enterprise level, that's that's pretty rare.
0: Yeah. And and then another question you could ask, which I think is 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 valid. If it's a, a large company, you need to ask this question a general question but what is the single largest problem facing the organization today
1: whoa now that's the one just jumped out just jumped out <laughs> in my mind when when you brought this up so if this person you're interviewing with is really really going to be let's say transparent right because there's risk in transparency mm-hmm. of course. Yes. And they, and they come back to you and they say, well, we're well positioned against, let's say an event, right? A deadline that everybody in the perceived market was also kind of running up against, right? Some particular, uh, let's say authority on some aspect of business operations or taxation or something like that. There's something that's about to change in a year and Every company in a certain sector has to get into compliance with that. And the answer to this question ends up being, we're positioned for all that. And it was delayed (laughs) by an entire year. Then would there be a follow-up question to this? I, I, I mean,
0: I would think so i would definitely think so i've asked this question many times i think i think the i don't know if you'll get the truth from a lot of times from asking this this question but i have gotten like for example they'll say we largest problem is growth we need to grow we need to grow which is very telling we need to increase our, our, our year-over-year sales, which could mean you're going into a situation where it's going to be incredibly high pressure. Not that sales isn't high pressure, but it's going to be, you know, you're going to be leaned on, which is the reason why they're, hey, listen, we need to increase sales. We need to go into a different market.
1: Is there is there a particular red flag that you, you personally tend to look for that, the answer to, can you give me an example of an answer that would for you be a red flag?
0: Oh, I, I will tell you an, a, an answer that I received from this question several years ago was there was a, there was a company that was, there was a software company in the healthcare space. If you looked on their Glassdoor reviews, it was just a massacre, just terrible. The, You know, management didn't know what they were doing. They were just taken over by private equity, and things have gone haywire. The recruiter, which was an independent recruiter, was very honest about this. And when I interviewed with the manager, they were very honest about that. They said, "Look, we just we were trying to grow too fast. We didn't know what we were doing. But we're we've got some consult and." we're on the right path. And this was the same person that when I asked him the follow up, what keeps you up at night? He just was a ball of stress. So look, this can tell you a lot in some instances that can be very honest. And I'm so glad I didn't take that role based on that, but yeah,
1: that's, That signifies the importance of these questions because it's for everyone's benefit. If you, if you know, you're not going to thrive heading into a new position, that's part of what the interview process is really all about. And far too many people, I think I really do are unwilling to ask these difficult questions, but I would say to them, well, what's the harm in asking these questions because you're going to learn information, good info, bad info, whatever it's an indicator of for you to make the best decision because you're joining this organization for several reasons. One, you want to work, but maybe you want to work in a certain style, certain type of setup, right? And maybe you like the idea of what they do, the customers that they serve. But when you assess these situations and you ask these questions, you know, it's a two-way street. They have to employ you in a way that you want to be employed. And you have to be willing, able, and motivated to actually do the job. So this is really about, you know, kind of looking behind the scenes, getting a real feel for how they're structured, because if you're not a fit, why would you want to go there anyway? For some money? It'll be short-lived. I don't want to be, you told that story about an organization where reps were coming in and they were churning out in less than a year. You start seeing six, eight, nine months reps coming in and leaving whether it's by their own choice or someone else within the organization, letting them go, there's problems.
0: Yep. No, that's a good point. That's a good point, Greg.
1: What, you know, what's the next question?
0: The next question just leads into what you, you just said, what is the attrition rate for the organization? What is your attrition rate?
1: So and, the, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, that's fine. The, the issue, this is, Look, this is something that I think this is an interesting question because I've gotten more honest answers than I thought I would, where, where people were saying, "Listen, we've you know we've had some challenges finding the right people. There, we we've been you know we've been bought by private equity or we've been taken over, and we've had some some movement here and there. So, this is a good basic question." see if you can get a good, honest answer.
1: Yeah, no, I like it. And so when we ask the question about attrition rate for the organization, we're really specifically talking about employee churn. Correct. Okay.
0: Correct. Now there's a a couple of other questions that I think are a little bit more meaty that, that will really test the knowledge of management to see if they did their homework and i think it would impress them if you asked them this it may annoy one or two and if they if they are annoyed by it then i'm sorry it's it's your career you have to you need to know what you're getting yourself into and the next question is can you walk me through the process as to how the company came up with the decision to expand either into a new territory or into a new market or product area this way you can I think you're showing that you you want to make sure that you're going to be positioned for, for success. If it's, once again, the more detailed answer, the more impressed I am.
1: Right, right. So would that look like, just as an example like this? Well, we've listened to our client base and based on say they throw some numbers at you. We've got X number of clients, and it appears that 62% of them are lacking this specific, specific uh, functionality that solves a very common problem. 60 plus percent of our clients have this problem. Therefore, we develop this product solution to remove that problem. Is that the kind of stuff that you want to hear?
0: Well, Maybe what I'd want to hear, I I would hope they do a little bit more. That's very, that's kind of, to me, that's kind of high level. It's because I think there's, especially when you're dealing with, well, they have to see, well, who is, who is service, who is serving that need that I'm looking to go and, and solve. I mean, am I competing against someone that is servicing? This need already is that part of another package that they get for free? <laughs> I've been I've I've been involved in that, where you company decides to launch a, a product or, or a, in this particular case, it was a piece of software and didn't take into account that the competitor was offering that for free. Ah. <laughs> and it's and there was almost no difference between the solution so yeah i mean it that's a starting point right that's a starting point but the more the more detail in this the the better and the other one which is the other question which i think is important which shows that they at least try to sell it is you know what is the buying process like and you know, who's involved in the decision making process of of this let's see if these if it's a new manager or if, this new endeavor, they've, they've done their homework.
1: Right. You, you would hope that at that point when they're interviewing you or anybody else for this position that they've already got everything else down pat.
0: Yeah. And I know Greg, that both of us have been in situations where (laughs) that wasn't the case.
1: It's really challenging. And I think, you know, when I, when I think about this and I think about these questions and why people should incorporate them, is really to prevent, you know, jumping out of the pot and into the frying pan. It's really this, this, these are your careers, people. Yeah. Right? This this I, oh, that's my work, and then I have my personal life. Make no mistake, they're gonna intersect. And you wanna be in in situations where you're about to make this big decision about, you know. They're going to, to, what if they offer you this job? You've got to know as much as you possibly can and you can't be right every time, but you have to have some things in place that increase your probability of being right.
0: That's right. It's all about probabilities. It's really all about probabilities. And you may, through your questioning, not be comfortable with the role and turn it down. Maybe your friend who's not as detailed takes the role and they have success, but that's not how you judge if you were right or wrong. You judge by, you, you have to have faith in your critical thinking, right? I look back at some of the decisions that I've made and I'm kind of detailed when it comes to that stuff. And you know what? A couple times it didn't turn out, but that's just how life is and probabilities are. Nothing's ever a hundred percent. Sometimes it's ninety percent. Sometimes the ten percent wins.
1: Sure.
0: And sure. that's just okay. That's okay. That's, that's, okay. Okay. that's a, but you went through the process to potentially avoid avoid a pitfall. Now there, there's another question that is great that you can that you can ask, which is you know what are the barriers that you see I could encounter from entering this new market? What do I need? to be prepared for, and how has this been really determined, right? So this is, is once again, one of those detailed questions to see if they are, if you are positioning yourself in a higher probability situation.
1: Right, a situation where you can actually be successful.
0: That's right. I was going through some some old LinkedIn profiles of people that I work with. I'm telling you, Greg, I work with so many people that these people weren't passion, aren't passionate but they're really successful but then I know that they were never passionate about sales. They were never passionate about being world class at what they did. They were just positioned in, in, in and God bless them and they were just positioned in situations that they exploited to the best of their knowledge and that's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because for some people that's for some people, that is the name of the game. I, I I think that's important for me to say is sometimes I don't like the way people are doing things. Sometimes I don't like a corporation's process and that doesn't mean I'm right. That means I just don't like it. Somebody else might absolutely thrive in that situation. right? Right. I, for me, I draw the line when there's, you know, shenanigans. Things, things they're selling don't work, uh, outright lies, this and that. But when we talk about these barriers and learning what the challenges are and what you need to be prepared for and how it was determined is really, again, how did you come up with this? I need the rationale because I need to see if it makes sense to me because if it doesn't, I wouldn't join your organization because I might not like it and it might hurt your organization. Right? If I'm in that role, somebody much more interested in working that way or supporting the rationale that you presented when answering this question could, could really do well and thrive. That's all that question is really about, in, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and there are some people who take roles that they know are not good roles, that they know that there's really no chance of or very little chance of success, but they can also utilize that role to get into a market that they otherwise wouldn't have a chance to get into. There's, there's different ways to play out your, you know, your career. Absolutely. There's different ways. This is not, this is not just, this is not just black and white. This is, but this is important to me. And this is uh, important to me because I'm, I've looked back on my career and I'm like, ah, you know what? I should have saw that coming. I should have saw that coming. During the interview process, I should have saw that coming. This guy just didn't know the space and is just having me, just wants me to chase my tail. Has it ever happened to you, Greg?
1: Oh, I was just going to say this, Paul. (laughs) I, I have been through that and... I knew full and well, no two ways about it, heading in. I knew it. I knew it. And I wanted to, I wanted to see if I could make it not so. I really did because what I was doing at the time, I was incredibly passionate about. And I saw the different players that were really, they're very superficial about their understanding of what we should be doing. In other words, they, they were off, they weren't, they weren't correct. And they stood fast on the fact that they were right. For example, I've got some industry expertise, legitimate industry expertise in a very, very specific space. And I would have people give me responses that, oh, we, we understand the so-and-so space. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we, we know (laughs) so-and-so as as far as, you know, what that space was. And I already knew that they didn't. I, I knew because I was such, such a subject matter expert for that space. And that was a huge, huge red flag, but I was already in the situation. This wasn't where, you know, I was contemplating, taking a role. I was in the role, but I was having to deal with a new regime and another new regime, all these different changes. And I I couldn't believe it. I actually couldn't believe it. I was shocked that these people in these leadership roles, management roles are out here moving around, pulling into another organization, unpacking a bunch of boxes, shifting them around, repackaging repackaging those boxes, and then stacking things slightly differently when they really didn't even know what was inside the box.
0: And and you know, another consequence of this is, well, then they get the pricing all, all wrong.
1: Oh, don't even get me started.
0: And then they start pulling in these strategies from the other markets that they came from
1: does not translate
0: it does not translate
1: not not even close I have been thinking about this constantly for years it has to be years and when we when we talk about things like pricing models and why What I see is, again, that same kind of concept where people are coming in and leaning on what they knew rather than learning what they're supposed to be doing, right? And I'll I'll give them credit, take a risk, get into a new industry, something that's a one-off, a two-off, whatever it is. Good, fine. But do, do the necessary work to understand that market, the existing client base, for example, and how it really should be priced, not your arbitrary thoughts on that because some CFO hates to see an invoice that actually has some detailed information on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, th- th- this is, this is a, this is a whole dedicated segment. This is an entire series that we're going to do over the next, I don't know how long we, we got to, at some point we're going to do a segment on uh, pricing, pricing strategy, Disconnect between leadership and their damn clients, which is the lifeblood of your company. I'm not saying your employees are not, but without customers, you don't have employees. Yeah. Get your pricing right. Well, you had one more question, I think.
0: Yeah, I think I'll. I think that other question is a little bit repetitive. So I, I I think this is a good. I think the questions that I, I, I listed are a good start. I think they're a good start. But what I would love to. What I'd love to see, Greg, I know you would too. I'd love to see for those who are listening or watching this this video, put your comments down below. What do you think? Tell us about your experience. Tell us if these questions that I presented you are are of value.
1: Yes. Are they useful? And... Is there something that you've found to be incredibly useful Mm. in your selection process over the years when moving from one position, one organization, one gig to another? Because that's what this is really all about. How did you make sure you were going to the right place? Please share with us in the comments so that we can kind of you know, harness your ideas and the things you want to explore and keep talking about this.
0: Yeah, and if you want to talk about it, Black Pill Greg and I, we're going to have we're going to be scheduling some some live streams where you can join us and and you can talk about it and hey listen we're not we're not this is supposed to be helpful it's not just going to be a bitch session we're not just going to sit here and com- complain we we want to provide real actionable stuff and educate to to really help you and your career whether you're you know black pill blue pill or red pill but
1: oh yeah we just we'll want to help <laughs> we, don't, we we don't want to be right. We want to yeah. be thinking, right? Because everyone listening right now, if you're still listening, you, you we're trying to open up your critical thinking. That's right. We just That's want funny. you to think critically about what you're doing, who you're doing it for. It's not about hate. It's not about hate. This is about thriving, whether you're going to thrive in the chaos or try to find your ideal situation. Either way we want every one of you thriving.
0: That's right. That's right. So I think that will will wrap it up for, for today, Greg. Thanks so much.
1: It's my pleasure. I appreciate you having me in these sessions. I really love the subject matter and I hope it really helps people. I know it helps me to think about these things constantly.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Greg, thanks everyone for listening and until the next episode.
1: Locktail Sales, signing off.